Well, episode 26 has a tough act to follow. So I've heard. Can you explain it? You want to you want to take I, a shot at it? I can't. It's it's certainly not the Benson Hotel story. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Well, then what is it? It's the episode Sherm phenomenon, mm-hmm. as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, episode 25, episode Sherm broke the Mitch Unfiltered release day records. <laughs> okay. Most listeners in the first 24 hours uh-huh. ever, uh-huh. including episode one. Okay. Most listeners in the first 48 hours ever of all of the episodes, of all the shows that we did during the playoffs of the football season, of all the shows that we did with Mr. Playoffs, Mr. Postseason, sorry, his his twin brother, Mr. Postseason, all the shows that we did with stories of Michael Jordan and and John Bracken and and Brian Wheeler and Ben Wright, Wright, all the different shows that we've done. Episode 25, for whatever reason, took off from the start. Now, I don't know what that means. It's still got a, you know, to be the all-time most popular episode, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, Got a long, long, long sure. way. In fact, I think it's kind of the, what's the what's the record that's never going to be broken in sports? What would you say? Will, is no- 100. 100. No one's ever going to score 100? No one. Are you sure about that? No one. Well, Kobe not, not Kobe an, scored like 80, 81, didn't he? Yeah. 81. No one's going to score 100 points in an NBA game ever, ever again. And I'm sure I'm a basketball guy, so I immediately think basketball. There's going to be another record out there that people – that will never be broken. But to me, Wilt 100. 100 will never be broken. Okay. Well, then episode one is kind of like Wilt's 100. Okay. I'm not – if you if you ask me, a bet, if I were a betting man mm-hmm. – I would say that no episode, maybe in the future if we get real popular nationally or something, right, right. Uh, I don't think that any episode would ever catch episode one in terms of how many different people have listened to one. However, episode 25 out of the gates, the first two days, incredible numbers, hmm. which is great. And it makes me feel extra good because because of the football angle. Sure. I, I was like... When football season ends, I was like, what happens? Does nobody care anymore? Right, right, well, right. Well, episode 25, maybe because it's named after Richard Sherman. I don't know. I think <laughs> it's the Benson Hotel story. I think it may be the Benson Hotel story. I don't. I, I think, think you 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 ruled the day. No, I think, I think the fact that you've had two really good back-to-back story time telling segments yes. just made the third one... You know, people want to hear the storytelling. That was segments. my original theory, but I don't think it holds water because you know. I think if if they were hot, if those two shows were hot, people because this isn't radio, right? Where you can go back gone, and listen. You can go back to listen to those two. Yeah. So why do those two not have the numbers that episode twenty five? I has? don't know. See, it's the Benson. It's you flooding the Benson <laughs> Hotel. That happened. Which, by the way, takes yeah. us to the tease which is our one and only guest. I figured with her coming on Uh-oh. that we should just clear the decks. Uh-oh. No, nothing to confuse matters. No Lock and Fora, mm-hmm. who I asked and wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Peter Kings. Uh, no Rick Neuheisels, who I asked and wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody else. I just think your wife needs to come on and take center stage Oh boy, this is and going give to be her ver- really give bad her side to the story. Everybody, you've seen the tweets. I want to hear her side of the. Oh, now, do man. we call her Michelle Hamilton? No, she's Michelle Boston. Okay, and that brings up an interesting point. Okay, which is what? 
Well, people who remember you as a guard for the University of Washington yeah. remembers that the name of your backcourt mate was... Bryant Boston. Boston. Yeah. Isn't that a coincidence? Well, considering it's his sister, then sure, yes. Oh, I guess it's not a coincidence. It's not <laughs> such a coincidence. Yeah. You married your off-guard's yes. sister. Yes, I did. However, yeah. I dated my wife in high school and I didn't know him then I knew her before I knew him interesting yes interesting mm -hmm. and so had you not gotten the rock to him yeah. enough yeah over those what three years at Washington yeah she would have been unavailable to you at that particular point Can I, I was am already I, to, I was already dating her before. I know but she could have thrown you to the wolves if, if her yeah if her is it her younger brother or her, her older brother she's she's three she's excuse me she's four of five so my backcourt mate is three. Yeah. So she's older brother, four, and she has a younger brother. Can I? Um, do I have your approval to ask her that question? Oh, sure. If you didn't dish the rock to her brother oh, enough, listen. would that would that have been the end of the relationship? This might break the record. <laughs> <laughs> Episode twenty six, based on what my 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 wife might say oh, about she, you know, there's no there's, censoring, right? There's she a lot say, of topics. Can use any language yeah. she wants. She's not much of a foul language gal, but she she, she she'll, she'll give you an opinion though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today's guest is Jason Hamilton's wife, Michelle, Michelle Boston. That's right. Uh, with her side of the Benson Hotel flooding story, and for the people that are listening right now that don't know the Benson Hotel flooding story, I would just say, listen to the show. It's That's catching right. on. Go back. Go back to episode 25 and listen to the what I think is the best the best story that's already been on any of these Can episodes. I interject something? Sure. S sidebar? This, is, this is still the teaser. We haven't what started I do, the show I yet. Just, you know? I like the sidebar? Yeah, I love those sidebars. Okay. Rick, Rick uh, <laughs> Stansberry. She, she, yeah, Rick Stansberry. Yeah. She has no idea, for the people that are listening to this, Yeah. I have not given her any information about what we are going to to ask her about that situation. So whatever you yeah. questions you have, yeah. she has no preconceived notion of what's coming. I'm it's just going to ask her for her side of the story yeah. and then questions will pop up okay. as she delivers okay. her side of the story. Right. That'll All be right. interesting. Uh, she is the one and only guest. She is episode 26. So mm -hmm. if this thing takes off better than episode 25 takes off, we know where the credit goes. Yeah. And then we've got to start discussing her replacing you <laughs> right. or me That's right. and, and getting her on the mic more often. Uh, you can listen to this episode 26 and all the rest, and we hope that you'll listen to all the rest, on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, just about all podcast platforms. We ask you to listen, we ask you to subscribe, and we ask you to rate us if you're going to give us a five-star rating. That's right. If you're going to give us anything less than a five-star, then just forget it. Yeah. We don't want you. Uh, we're always looking for more patrons. We call patrons those that are real, real, true, loyal, MitchUnfiltered.com and MitchUnfiltered listeners. You can click on that link that says become a patron and for as little as $5 a month, you get all the bonus content. I'm about to put up there a, a writer from Milb.com, MinorLeagueBaseball.com, who rated all the farm systems pitching staffs, mm. that just pitching. And he says that their staff has decided that the Seattle Mariners pitching staff in their prospects is the eighth best set of prospects in Major League Baseball. Wow. Just pitching. 
which I was surprised by that because I never thought of them as having sure. the eighth best farm sure. system in anything. Right. Because overall, they're like depleted. You feel like 20. they're depleted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he says their staff has decided in terms of pitching prospects, Seattle wow. Mariners are number eight. So I'm going to put that on Patreon. You and I are going to talk after the stand, uh, sorry, the Cal game because you're going to be overnight. You're going to be yes, overnight. It's at 8 p.m. start. Before you put your PJs and your hat on and yeah. before, before you flood the hotel <laughs> in, in Berkeley, uh, yeah. just just 10 or 12 minutes for the patrons on whether they got to 14 and 1. Whether, whether they, they got, clinched the Pac-12 championship They haven't done that yet? Outright. Okay. That'd, that'd be something. Outright. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. With still three or four games to play Uh right Mm -hmm. um so that'll be up there for the patrons if you'd like to become a patron go to mitchonfilter.com and click on the link that says become a patron coincidence um (laughs) also uh make certain that you like the brand new mitch unfiltered facebook page with the picture of little j ham out there there. we also have something that we've not discussed which was the semi-controversial handshake or lack thereof of Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams when they played earlier and Mm -hmm. Zion Williamson got hurt. Um, And the favor that I like to ask on each of these episodes is that if you're a Mitch Unfiltered fan and you'd like to see this podcast continue on through the the years, through the decades, through Mm -hmm. the centuries... Um, we'd like you to click on all of the old episodes that you haven't listened to. Even if you just click on them for a few moments, we get credit, and that will help sustain us. You can do that on your podcast platform, or you can go to MitchUnfiltered.com. We have them all listed right there for you. Um, I've been walking people. It's funny. I've been walking a lot of people through getting the podcast on their iPhones, and I don't even have an iPhone right. because it's so easy. I had a I conversation c- with somebody today about that. Really? Yes. It's so easy that even a guy without a f- – I've never had an iPhone, mm-hmm. yet I can walk somebody through an iPhone, just hit that little podcast button. That's right. It's on all of them. I never realized it's yeah. on all Standard. iPhones. Standard. comes right out of the yeah. box with a thing called podcasts, and then you just search for Mitch Unfiltered and hit subscribe, and they'll be in your phone right. every single step of the way. All right, episode 26 is brought to you in part by Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. The best value SUV on the market is the Land Rover Discovery and its third row seating. Stop by Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue and check it out, along with the Range Rovers, Velars, and of Oaks, plus the best selection of Jaguars anywhere. Zeke's Pizza, two weeks and change until the selection Sunday when Jay Ham is at the game calling a Washington, the radio broadcast of a Washington NCAA tournament game for the first time since... 2011. 2011, where I'm going to be is at the new Zeke's Tacoma location, which also, by the way, happens to be on the UW Tacoma campus. Mm-hmm. So that's perfect. Uh, I'm going to go down there for the first round game, at least the first round game. You can stop by and watch the dogs in the NCAA tournament with me. Daniel's Broiler, they are four incredible locations, the very best steaks and seafood you're going to find. Lesheim Arena, South Lake Union, Bellevue Place, where we'll be on March 19th and the spanking new downtown Seattle spot in the Hyatt Regency on 8th and Howell and Evergreen Golf Call headquartered right here in Bellevue, managing over $2 billion in assets, four offices on the West Coast, but pillars of the Northwest community, proud sponsors of the Bellevue Boys and Girls Club Evergreen, the premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Here we go, episode number 26 unfiltered it's okay to have a game plan going in but when you're so stubborn and unwilling to get away from it because 
the other team is essentially daring you to do so, then we get into stupidity. Unfiltered. Guess that's what really kind of infuriates me, that we go to the offseason after a game that the quarterback was really not given a chance to win the football game for you. That's a quarterback who's the face of the organization. That's a quarterback who, as I say, in a couple of years or in a year, they're going to give, I don't know, $25, $30 million a year to. And yet, it just feels to me like they took the ball out of his hands. Mitch is unfiltered. Okay, some business. Oh, straight business? We're going to get some business out of the way before we really start the core of episode 26, which will be highlighted by your wife's first ever opinion. Now, you say she was on the radio show. She was. Which I kind of vaguely sort of remember. Can you remind me what the top? What was the topic? Why was there? A, did she just call in, or did we arrange for her to we be on? We should ask her because I don't. Rem- she'll remember. Okay, she'll remember. Okay. I don't remember. Okay, but All we right. did have her on once. Okay, so she made one appearance on the radio show. She's making her first ever. Yeah, perhaps last ever. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well it depends on how what it she goes. says. <laughs> that's that's all TBD. <laughs> Is it to be D by you, TBD by you? Oh, for sure. Or TBD by her? Oh, TBD by me. Really? Oh, yeah. You're calling the shots on that? Uh, yeah. Well, she might say, I'm not going on anymore, so then she's calling the shots. Right? Well, it depends on if she's really good. Yeah. She, I might have to ask her to come <laughs> back on. Yes, you may. Uh, okay, two items of business okay. that you can help me with. Number one, this you don't need to help me with. Uh, a lot of emails, and I am blown away, and I'm thankful, and I'm grateful. A lot of emails about Daniel's Bellevue and our and our unfiltered March Madness dinner on Tuesday mm-hmm. night, March 19th, about the extra seats. Mm-hmm. I've got a ton of emails from patrons and the like. Do you have any extra seats? Do you have any extra seats? I just want everybody to know that I don't yet. I don't know whether I will. Sure. But I've gotten all the emails. I've created a little list in my on my computer, and so you'll be hearing back for just as soon as I hear if Daniels wants to expand the room, yeah. if they have the opportunity to expand the room. If they do, we will, and then we can have more people yeah, yeah. there. So mm-hmm. if you're listening right now and you're waiting to hear back from me, please just be patient. As soon as I hear from Daniels, I will pass the, the word along. Um, you are going to help me once with unblock. I've gotten a lot of questions about Mitch Unblock Me. Mitch, unblock me. You mm. you blocked me years ago on Twitter. You blocked me years ago on Twitter. Yeah. And I have been unblocking people, one here and one there. I was going it's probably, I don't know, it's probably a thousand. It's probably a thousand accounts that I've blocked over the years. <laughs> okay. So what I said to you once was, or you said to me, why don't you just unblock them all? Right. And I said, I would if I knew how to do it all at one time. Right. Unfortunately, I'm a little challenged, and so I only know how to go, I have to click it each time, right. unblock, You have to unblock, know the handle unblock. and you go unblock Well, it. no, there's a list. I know where there's a list, but if I wanted to unblock everybody, I'd have to actually click it every right. single time. Right. So I don't want to do that. And I have no way of communicating with those people because- they're blocked. Because they're blocked. Yes. So the best way I know how is to, right here and right now, say, if you are listening to episode 26- and your account has been blocked by me over the course of the last 
25 years, or no, I guess it would only be, I've <laughs> yeah, only been on for about eight years, eight years of Twitter, whatever. right, of know, Twitter, of Twitter life, and you want to be unblocked, maybe you don't want, maybe you're, you're a better person for not having to read my nonsense, Yeah. but if you want to be unblocked, send me an email, I'm going to tell you how to send me an email, and make sure you include your exact account name, and I'll go in and unblock you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to send me a note to do so, you could either go to MitchUnfiltered.com and hit the contacts. All that stuff comes to me. Or you can just write me. My email is Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com. Write me. Say, hey, you don't have to apologize for anything. I'm sure there was a good reason. Everybody likes to say, I have no idea why I was He just blocked me. Yeah, I just... He just blocked me. What I did each day when I was doing the radio show is just... I, I just want to block him. Yeah. I just yeah, want right. to block him. Yeah. There would be no reason. I, nothing was said or done <laughs> that would make me want to block somebody, right? Yeah. So, but I am willing to unblock anybody. All you got to do is send me the email. Yeah. And Good. Uh, we'll go from there. Good. I, tr- um, I tried to give a little shot on Twitter to tell people that that was a way to, to help unblock them because I, you've gotten requests i have people that can't get to you try to right. get to you through me and have right. said hey i'm trying to i'm trying to get back on the the good graces of mitch levy what's going on and i say well this is how you do it okay. send him an email yeah mitch unfiltered yeah and that and again you don't have to go to jason anymore thank you You can come straight to me because all those emails that go through the website or if you go to mitch on mitch at mitch that email it all comes straight to me right, it doesn't go right. to anybody else right come straight to me yep and i try to respond to the best of my ability nice. but i will unblock anybody who asks um uh, item number three okay whether people like it or not this is episode 26 and we gotta name the episode yeah Still a lot of people bitching and moaning. It's not that important. Why are you doing that? And I, I thought we explained it on the last show that you don't have to listen to anything we do. You can just hit the fast, the little Correct. forward button, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, right. keep hitting it. Right. Just go through it. I like it. I like the, the process. It's not because it's so important on who we pick. It's just, look, if it weren't for the naming of, of episodes, mm-hmm. I would have no ever reason to talk about Kyle Corver. <laughs> Kyle Corver. Who I think oh. looks remarkably like the tall guy, the tall actor. What's his name? Well, uh, you've already killed the, the whole process here. What? You said... Kyle Corver, who yeah. looks remarkably like I don't even know who he looks like. Uh, he looks he looks just like the oh god, it's just um <laughs> This is episode twenty six, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. Of the Kyle Corver episode, which no, we, it's not Kyle Corver. I know episode, it's not. But I would never be able to mention well, Kyle Corver. You can't Corver. even name the actor. You the tall even... young actor who uh who had what more was he Twitter in? he had more Twitter followers than anybody. Ashton was. Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. I think Kyle Corver and Ashton Kutcher look very similar. Now, may I edit that and just like I knew, like I remembered no, it? No, 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 no. I got to keep that you in. Got to keep that in. Okay. Um, 26 is really bad. Really slim. I mean, I thought 25 was bad. Yeah. 26 is God awful. I'm going to ask it to you this way. How many Sonics in the history of the great Seattle Sonic organization wore the number 26? Off the top of my head, I can't think of I can't think of one that I go, oh, so and so was twenty six. So there, yeah. I'm sure there there's were, a reason. I'm sure there was there's probably, a reason why because no one ever wore it. 
In the history of the franchise? In the history no of the- one wore 26 no one ever? ever? No one wore, ever wore 26. Oh, that's brutal. And Kyle Korver, by the way, and so few, only like 50 men have rewarded an NBA uniform. And Kyle Korver is literally the best NBA okay. player in the history right. of 26. There's no way episode And 26. now it makes me want to think that when Kyle Korver came out of, where did he, Creighton? Yeah, Creighton. When Kyle Korver came out of Creighton and he went into the NBA, he said, okay, what number could I be Smart the greatest guy. of all time? Smart guy. I can't find another NBA player better than Kyle Korver that ever wore number 26. That's how bad. That's the 26, best basketball player ever. That's the ever. best NBA right. player ever. So I don't think we're getting him. All right. Uh, NHL, I don't know who this is. Peter Stastny. You ever heard of him? No. Okay. Um, NFL, yeah. We can start with the local yokels. Kenny the Hammer Hamlin wore 26, yeah. probably the best 26 in the history of the Seahawks. Mike Robb wore 26. Mm-hmm. Shaq Griffin is wearing 26 mm-hmm. when he's chasing receivers from behind. Oh, um, that was unnecessary. Uh, for the Mariners, Bill Swift wore oh, 26. Sure. Swift. Horacio Ramirez wore 26. Raul Abanez for a minute. I think he's more known for 28. I think for a second he wore 26 in one of his like seven stints with the Mariners. Uh, Brendan Ryan, the former oh, shortstop, right. wore yeah. 26, hit about a buck 26. <laughs> uh, I used to have fun with this guy's name on the radio. Danny Valencia mm-hmm. wore number 20. 26. So that's all I got that's for him. That's it. That's that's there's your Mariners group. Um no Sonics. What do you want from me? This is Seahawks, tough. not Ken Ken Hamlin is the best for the Seahawks. So then you get into the national okay. the national guys. Who do you have? Um I got uh Hall of Famer Herb Adderley, played for the Packers and the Cowboys, had 48 interceptions, mm. is a Hall of Famer. Not, not doing it for me. Um, just okay, there's a better one than that. Mm. I think, it's, I th- I, I, I think this, this conversation really comes down to two guys. Which At is? the end of the day, it comes down to two guys. But here's what's interesting. I'm having real trouble deciphering between the two. It's really close. You mean which one you'd rather it to be? Yeah, who is more okay. impressive in their... And they're in their twenty sixthdom. And their twenty sixthdom. Yeah. Okay. It comes down to two guys. Okay. I think. Who is it? Uh, the great Wade Boggs wore twenty six. Oh sure. He hit his career batting average was three twenty eight. Yep. Career. Yep. He had three thousand and ten hits. He was a twelve time All Star. He was a World Series champion. He was a two time Gold Glover, an eight time Silver Slugger, a five time batting champion in the American mm-hmm. League. Five times. Mm-hmm. Um and his twenty six is retired in Boston. Yeah, so you got Wade Boggs. Think of that for just a second. Sure, and I, and I think too at the end of his career when his career was over. Yeah, he was either the president or a member of the Hair Club for Men. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure which which what he was, but oh. I think he was involved in that. Anyway, you started down that line, and I think, and okay, what's he going to say about Tampa? Because right. they did retire his number in yeah. Tampa, and he made a deal about Hall right. Of Fame. All right, so think of that: twelve time All Star, yeah. impressive, three twenty eight lifetime, mean, yeah, and over three thousand hits. Yeah. Okay. The best NFL 26 was a guy named Rod Woodson. Oh, sure. 70. Steelers, Raiders. Yeah. Interceptions. Mm-hmm. 71. Mm-hmm. It's a big number. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers, San Francisco 49er, Raven, Raider. Uh, Super Bowl champion, 11-time Pro Bowl, Wade Boggs, 12-time, 12-time All-Star. All-Star. Six-time first-team All-Pro. Mm. Six-time 
first team all pro. The NFL's Defensive Player of the Year in 93. The AFC's, in the same year, he was the Player of the Year, offense or defense, in 1993. He was on the NFL 1990s All-Decade team. And if you want a little nugget about him, he was also an All-American track star at Purdue. He finished uh, second in the 87 NCAA championships. He also holds the NCAA 60-meter hurdle record for the for 10 years, or he held it mm-hmm. for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you've got Rod Woodson and his 71 interceptions and his 11 Pro Bowls and six-time all, six All-Pro first teams versus Wade Boggs and his 12-time All-Stars, uh, 328 and 3,000 base hits. I think it's really, really it's close. It's razor thin. Razor had, close. Had, I didn't know who the second guy was going to be. When you said Wade Boggs and you throw out 3,000 hits. Now, yeah. that's elite, elite baseball company, 3,000 hits. Right. Right? The all-star right. appearances. Right. I, I was going to say automatically I can't imagine who you'd throw out there on the, the opposition side that would beat that. But you threw out some pretty good numbers there with Rod Woodson. Really good numbers. And I, I don't know that I want to bifurcate Who's this bigger one. in their sport? Who had a better career in their sport, I think, Rod Woodson I think or Wade, Wade Boggs? Wade Boggs is probably more well-known in baseball for – yeah, well known. Is that is that the is that the litmus test? Is that the well, is that the scale? Well me, known. Let, let me ask you this: third base. Yeah. When you think of the greatest third basemen's in all of I, I baseball, don't, I, I don't quickly come to Wade Boggs. Okay. Do you quickly go to Rod Woodson? Probably. As a secondary guy, as a corner, as a safety, whatever he was. Uh, probably not. I probably arrive at them at the same time. Do you? Because yeah. I think I, I would say Wade Boggs before Rod Woodson. I don't think so. In their, in their respective. See, the problem with me is I don't even think of Wade Boggs as a defensive third baseman, even though he won two right, goals. Right, you think of as a hitter. I, I don't even, I hardly remember that he played third base. I just remember him as being a great, great hitter. So... It's razor thin. Wade right. Boggs, Rod Woodson. Maybe marinate with it. Let it marinate okay. for, for a little bit. A right. couple of uh, tweets before we get to the set. You know, we got a lot of things to talk about, including the dogs. And John Schneider uh, met with the media at the Combine. We've got to talk about Combine John Schneider. A couple of uh, tweets here to get to, though. First, um, Larry Miller writes on the Twitter uh, the Jayham floods Portland's Benson Hotel story was so funny. I laughed so hard. Great family and marriage story. And please have Jason's better half share her side <laughs> of the story. Another great episode while well, she's going to do so here on this on this episode. Um, what's the number one episode in terms of popularity? I think I mentioned that during sure. our teaser segment. That would be episode number one. But episode number one is also the oldest so you right. know how it but works. But it was also so, the most profound, right. too. So, okay. I, mean, I don't know that anybody's ever going to catch yeah. episode number one. And then this one from Larry Dickman. He writes, Mitch, any memorable Barry Ackerley moments? He always seemed to make every nickel count. Now, I don't know if a lot of people know that Barry Ackerley, who Barry Ackerley is anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Barry's unfortunately gone. Yep. He was the owner of the Seattle Sonics, not the original owner of the Se- Seattle Sonics, but he was the owner when I got to town. Mm-hmm. He was also, by the way, a part owner 
uh, and I think a majority owner of KJR Radio right, when right, I came to town. Right, right. Uh, and it's since switched hands and it's ended up in you know Clear Channel and iHeartMedia. And I don't have a lot of experience with Barry. I hardly knew Barry. I knew him to shake his hand to say hello. Right. My favorite Barry Ackerley story, though, which I can share with you real quickly, is he was one of the biggest reasons not knowing. He didn't know. But he was one of the biggest reasons that I ended up in Seattle. Really? Yes, that's the truth. How is that? Well, when the fabulous sports babe left mm-hmm. to go on her national tour, sure. wherever yeah. she went to ESPN Radio, mm-hmm. and they were looking for a new midday show, they were bringing in people to audition for the show. Yeah. You had to come in for a couple of days, and I've told that story, and yeah. I'll tell it again someday. Yeah. My audition, my, my trip to Seattle, which I tried to cut short and leave without doing the second day and my father made me stay. I'll tell you that story mm-hmm. too. But they were bringing in people to audition. Now he at the time was the owner of the Seattle Sonics and a either the part or majority owner of KJR Radio. Mm-hmm. And they brought in a guy by the name of Peter Brown who was in Chicago somewhere at a station in the Midwest and he was auditioning to be the new midday host. And the program director at the time, Tom Lee, mm-hmm really liked Peter Brown and wanted him to be the midday I think oh. wanted him to be the midday okay. host. Okay. So he brought him in for an audition and I guess he was killing it. He was doing great. And like the second day, he's here, he's feeling he's feeling good. He's look he's, he's sounding great. He starts to go into this thing about if you recall, there was a period there where the Sonics home games were on pay-per-view. You could not watch <laughs> right. the Sonics home That's games. Right. Think That's about right. that. Yeah. You could not watch the Sonics home games on regular TV. I recall they were this. on pay-per-view because I would turn out to be on pay-per-view with the Sonics. That's a yeah, different yeah. story. Yeah. And so he, I guess, the night that he was here for his audition, overnight, tried to watch the Sonics. Peter Brown did on TV, and he couldn't. And he came in the next day. He didn't do his due diligence as to who owned the radio station. <laughs> oh, man. He says, who's... Whose ridiculous idea was, what kind of a knucklehead, what kind of an idiot would put the Sonics home games on pay-per-view? What kind of a moron? Who's, whose idea yeah, was yeah. this? And That was it. As, as it's coming through the radio in program director Tom Lee's office, as he would tell me later, he's starting to go, oh, no, 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 Peter, Peter, no, 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 Peter. And he Peter just starts going off on the moron that put... <laughs> That's the Sonics on on pay-per-view. And as Tom Lee tells a story, his phone rings in his office. And Tom Lee answers it. He used to talk like this. He answers it. (laughs) Like Casey Kasem? And he says, Tom Lee. And the the voice on the other end says, he's not our man. Click. Done. And that was the end of Peter Brown. And that's what opened the door for me to get the midday show. So that's my very favorite Barry Ackley. So Barry Ackley called Tom Lee and didn't even say hello. He's not our guy. Yeah. Or he's not our man. And hung up the that, phone. And that was the end of Peter Brown. That's your that's your favorite Peter Brown story, is what that is. <laughs> not, not not Barry. Peter Brown and I have actually laughed a, about that. Oh, have in, you really? In, in subsequent sure. years, yes. I know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Lee and I have laughed about it, but right. yeah, that that's my favorite Barry Ackley story. No Thank doubt. you very much. I would then come to town, not only get the midday show, but end up working the sidelines right. on the pay-per-view telecasts right. <laughs> with Kevin Calabro <laughs> and Marcus Johnson. All right, we've got uh, we got Michelle Boston. She's not Michelle Hamilton. 
She's Michelle Boston, but she's the wife, and she's going to give us the version, the Benson Hotel wife's side of the story uh, coming up shortly. You know, I have a craving for a chopped salad and two or three slices of a chicken club pizza at Zeke's Pizza. Chicken, bacon, spinach, tomato, red onion, delicious. Zeke's is the Northwest homegrown pizza company founded in Queen Anne in 1993 and celebrating the adventurous spirit, natural affinity of craftsmanship that makes the Northwest so very special. What's Northwest-style pizza? Dough with a sourdough bite, toppings full throttle on flavor, creative and different, without ever losing respect for the classics. The attention to detail is noticeable. Zeke's dough is made every morning in its kitchen on Finney Ridge, delivered fresh daily to each of its 16 Puget Sound locations. Every pizza is hand-tossed when you order it. If you're looking for a place to watch a game with fabulous pizza and a craft beer or two, it's an easy call. In fact, I'm going down to the Tacoma location, the new Tacoma location at the UW Tacoma for the first round of the NCAA tournament to see Washington play. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Tosh. Tosh? Tosh on the Twitter writes. Oh. Uh, in 10 years, the answer to this question about episode 26 is going to be Saquon Barkley. So you oh, might as nice. well just do it now. Hey, that's, 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 Tosh is legit. That's, yeah, but we can't name no, it after course, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Uh, kudos to Tosh for forward thinking. Well, I think he's a Giants fan. He says from the Big Blue Nation or the Big Blue, or he must be a Giants fan who loves himself some Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And so he says, yeah. Uh, Seattle Gourmet Coffee writes. Awesome stories and interviews. Jason Hamilton has gotten better and better in dealing with you. <laughs> Thank you, Seattle Gourmet. I really Coffee. enjoy the interaction between you guys and very much looking forward to hearing Jason's wife's of the story. Keep up the great work. But I, I want to go back to that because that, that bothered me a little bit. Jason has gotten better and better in dealing with you. Mm-hmm. What, what exactly does that mean? Well, you're a chore. I am? You're a chore. The new and improved Mitch? Well, the new and improved Mitch has made tremendous strides. <laughs> tremendous. You, can't, you can't even say that with a straight face. Tremendous strides. Yeah. Tremendous strides. Uh-huh. But? I got to tell a story. Okay. I cannot even put into words how much I hate, hate, because you're like nervous now. Yeah, I am. Texting with you. Oh, jeez. You are the worst communicator over text I've ever ever dealt with. That's so not true. I, I of I course take, it's not true I to take you. Great offense to this. You, as you I, should. I, I, t- I text you back immediately as soon as I get it's it. It's not I about responsiveness. It's it, about vagueness. It's about. Sh- you want to? Sh- you got examples to share, or you well, want to do that? I wasn't in a, prepared. A new another episode. You want to yeah. share some texting you're, examples? You're a horrible communicator. Okay, well, you can't just say okay, horrible. What's the of story? Course, of course, you said I I've got a story to tell. That's not a story. The story. The story. What's is, the story? The story is Dory. You're a horrible communicator. That's not a over story. Text. That's a comment. That's okay. a claim. What's Fine. the story? There's no story. I'll well, g- we'll get into. We'll at least give people a reason why. I. I what is it that I, I do it in a timely fashion? What is it you that do you want? In a timely fashion? Yeah. You don't directly answer any question. It's you're vague, and then you ask another question. Like 
Give me the answer. Respond to the question that I asked. <laughs> the question, jerk. The, what is the question? <laughs> that is what I want. I want if I say, hey, what time are we recording? Yeah. On Wednesday night. Yeah, what will I say typically? Whenever you want. Yeah, whenever you want. Yeah. And then I'll say, okay, 8 o'clock. And you're like, well, I'm not going to be home until 9.30. Why are you asking me what time I want to record? Because I want to make this as easy as possible but for you. But if the times I'm that I'm- I'm trying to be considerate of your schedule and your needs. But that's not being considerate when I give you the time because you say whenever you want and I give you a time and you're like, I can't do that. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were going to pick that time. Right. Well, you <laughs> picked it. You know, you you're pick making the, exact, the point. You pick up. You're picking the exact time that I can't be here. Then why don't on you, purpose? Why don't yeah? What on purpose? <laughs> then why don't you say I can do any time after nine? Is this some reason to gripe? Absolutely. Uh, but but you got because then you you're giving me the illusion that you're giving me the illusion that it's a free for all. Like I I have a smorgasbord of opportunity to pick whatever I want. Okay. And so, then so, okay, I pick okay. and then you're like, no, okay, actually, well, you let's can't discuss do that. this. Okay. Oh, let's just discuss this for a gracious. second. So if you write, let me ask you a question. If you write me at one o'clock in the afternoon, yep. let's say you, you write me at noon yeah. and you say, what time would you like to yeah. record tonight? And I say any, and I, I know that from noon Till 11 p.m., mm-hmm. I'm open mm-hmm. with the with the exception of let's say seven to eight thirty yeah. at night. Yeah, but it's noon right now. Yeah, I figure I'm safe saying whatever is best for you, whatever fits in your schedule. I I feel like I'm being I'm now getting outed as yeah. a bad texture, even yeah. though I'm feeling like I'm being sensitive. I'm trying to be overly sensitive to your willingness to be a part of all of this. Okay. So I say at noon, mm-hmm. anytime you want. Okay, maybe I should have said anytime except between 6 and 7.30. Done. But, and we're okay. good. All right, we're so, golden. Okay, so I did. Story's over. I figure, the story's over right there. I figure, what are the chances he's going to pick... The, the, the 10 minutes that I can't right. do it. And, then, and you inevitably pick the 10 minutes of course. that I can't. And then you're like, oh, well, that doesn't work. That's right. Then just say, hey, we can do any time from noon until 11 okay. with the exception. And this of- is so important that you have to you have to tell you have to tell on me to all the faithful, whatever it is, 40 and a half. Yeah. This is really yeah, that important. Because it's super annoying. Okay. Don't okay. say it's okay. open. Okay. And then it's not really open. <laughs> okay. Don't say that. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to be a better texter. Thank you. Are you going to give me credit on a future episode if I, if I do better if in you texting? Do better, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Washington, Washington and California first, and then Washington and Stanford second, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a bracket matrix update. I've given you this just about every episode. Yeah. If you take the 127 bracketologists in the country that publish their brackets, their guesses, their estimates, including our guy, Bracket Guy Dave, you take you look at Washington's place in every one of the 127, and you add up their seating and divide by 127 to see what their average seat is. What's the average projection right now? And mm-hmm. I think they eliminate the worst and they eliminate the best, okay. right? It's 7.54. Oh, it's getting lower. Well, of course it's getting lower. They well, keep winning and keep winning. Saying, it's got to get a little lower. The first lower. time you brought this up. should be a lot lower than yeah, that. Yeah, the I first think. time you brought it up, they were like 7.98. Yeah. And yeah. Now, now it's gone down. Yeah. yeah. 7.54 mm-hmm. right now. Going mm-hmm. into the Cal game on Thursday night, which is the first day of this episode, episode 26. And I keep reading, I keep reading that the the the, the 
What are you smiling at? Because you're about to say something about Washington maybe getting to a four line or I'm, something. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna back down on my comment. I'm not. There's no no room for me to back off now. There's no way. I'm that's sticking. Gonna happen. I'm sticking my neck out. I'm there's sticking. No my, way that's gonna happen. There's no way what's gonna happen that Washington gets to a four line. There's okay. No way. Okay. To say that there's no way, there's no way. I think is absolutely there's ridiculous. No there's no way. Well, then, then they, then this is the greatest set of top 16 teams in the history of any NCAA basketball tournament. Okay? That's what I have to say about that. I, I have never said, by the way, that they would be a four seed if they run out. I said they're going to be in the discussion, and they are going to be in the discussion. Yeah, they'll be in the discussion. They are going to be in the discussion. I'm, ch- I'm just saying, I, I know the Pac-12 sucks, but I'm going to say it until people are tired of hearing it. Yeah. Okay, if they win out, what will their numbers be? They will be 29 and 5. Right? Mm-hmm. 29 and 5. They will finish their conference games. Am I not right? I'm yeah. stopping. Yeah, they're, they're, I was thinking what they are. They're 22 and 5 right now. They're seven games. They've got four seven, to go and, and then, then three, three if they went out. Yeah, yeah. If they went out. They would be 29 and 5. Yep. They would be regular season Pac 12 champions by like five games. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. They would be conference tournament champions Mm -hmm. they would finish the season 20 and one against conference opponents they would finish the season eight and one in conference road games Mm -hmm. and they would finish the season three and oh in conference neutral floor games yes they're currently about 27th in the net nine 29 Mm -hmm. as of today Mm -hmm. okay if they win the next seven with people losing around them they'll be in the top 20 Easy in the net, maybe in the top 15 in the net, okay? And they're going to put that resume, 20-1, and 29-5, a net in the top 20. They're going to put that resume, and oh, one more thing. They will have lost five games total, right? At this stage of the game, all five teams that they lost to, are NCAA tournament teams. They will have not lost unless Arizona State doesn't Correct. make it. At this moment... Minnesota's trying to hang on. Minnesota's in this field. Yeah. They're in the field. Yeah. At this moment, they have not lost a game. They've only lost five, and they've not lost a game to anybody who's not in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay? If any... I'll, I'm saying it to you. I'm saying it to anybody who'll listen. Anybody who thinks that they won't be heavily in the conversation for a four-seed... With those numbers, you're crazy. You're, I don't care how bad the Pac-12 is. You're cra- those are so gaudy. That's like the gaudiest of. That's like a Gonzaga year where they rifle through a terrible WCC. Maybe they don't have the out of conference they normally have. I know mm-hmm. they normally have a good mm-hmm. out of conference, but they rifle through and everybody looks at them and goes, "God, who'd they beat? San Diego twice, Loyola Marymount twice, Portland twice, right. and they end up a three seed or a four seed anyway because the number and the resume is so gaudy." So I mean, the look. Who's going to say twenty nine and five? How many how many teams are going to have twenty nine wins? Yeah, it's a select again, crowd in this scenario. Now, I don't know that. Sele- I'm not projecting that they're actually going to be twenty nine and five. You're just trying to extrapolate out about what it would There's look like. There's no way they're not in the conversation. So my only, the when I when I hear you say it, I, I certainly understand why you say it. The only problem is you talked about. Washington's net is 29 right now. And you're saying if they do this, it'll be a 15. That part is not true. And the reason it's not true is because the people that they're playing 
will not allow their net to improve that much. It, it just won't. So the the best that they could do is like 25, 24. Like th- that's that's it. They were 40. They were in the 40s two Mitch, weeks ago. They're going to play. How did they go up? How did they go to 40 to 29? Listen to me. Yeah, I'm listening. They're about to play net number 278. And they've been playing net number 278 the whole time. No, California is the worst. Oh, you're just talking about this next game. Yes. California is the worst power five net ranking of any school. Did they play them once? Yeah, at home. Okay, so that's part of their 29 ranking. They're not improving. No. They're actually, when they play Cal, they're going to go up. Their net ranking will go from 29 to like 31. Yeah, that's down. Okay, yeah. I, I consider that down, not not up. Okay. Up would be up the list. Right. But okay, down. I get that. I'm saying in total, seven more wins. Yeah. Two two on the road. Yep. Three, three neutral. on neutral floor. Yeah. Potentially, I get it. Potentially I get a win saying. over Arizona State. I just don't State. know that they can get to a four. I, 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 I just don't know they can get to a four. I, I can't believe the committee is going to look at 29 and five and 20 and one yeah. and no losses to a team out, out of the sure, tournament. No bad losses. Say, I, I don't want to talk about the Seahawks, then we got to get your wife in here, okay? okay? But before we get to John Schneider and his remarks on Wednesday at the Combine in Indianapolis, are we sure no more snow? Are we sure no more sleet or ice? Because if so, I've told you this before, Land Rover and Range Rover is the way to go. You simply can't be in a safer motor vehicle on a slippery or dangerous road for any reason than one of the great models at Land Rover of Bellevue. You've got your sports, you got your full size, you got your Velars, Evokes, Discoveries, the all-new Defenders coming soon. You can't beat Land Rover of Bellevue in the last 12 years all I've driven. Our vehicles I've either leased or owned from Al and Dimitri. The sales squad is beyond knowledgeable, helpful, but without the typical stress that comes along with shopping for a new or even pre-owned car. This dealership is run to near perfection. A service department that's open seven days a week for your convenience and a pre-owned selection, which is terrific. Just off 520 on Northeast 20th Street in Bellevue, Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue. Unfiltered. All right, we're going to get to the Seahawks here in a second and John Schneider's remarks at the Combine, but a couple more tweets that I have mm-hmm. to throw by you. I love the podcast, one, writes one Twitter, uh, and I love episode 25. The only problem I have with it is when Jason D. Hamilton Uh-oh. said he brought his daughter to the Nike store and she came out looking like official run DMC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sacrilege. Adidas, J-Ham. Yes. It's not like they have a song called My Adidas or anything. Right. You're getting called out yeah. for not knowing that Rightfully, Run DMC is an so. Adidas is an Adidas right, Rightfully group. so. It it was more a function of telling the story and thinking how how can I how can I make the visual for people when we had to go into the Nike employee store and everything in there is basically matching because there's a, a toddler section and everything in the toddler section is 
you know, it's matchy. So here's a here's a sweatsuit, here's a yeah, shirt, here's yeah, the shoes. Yeah. And she was head to toe. And so yeah, it was head to toe and it was it was Nike, not Adidas. And I did say run DMC. Run DMC. And I know the and difference. I know the difference. I, I, I should have corrected you because yeah. I knew when you were doing it, you were do, you were going Yeah, to... I know the difference. I know the difference. Uh, yeah, you and <laughs> you and you and Travis you and Travis Scott. <laughs> you and Travis Scott and uh, run DMC, yeah. Lowell Thompson tweets, great episodes as always. Wonder who episode twenty six will be named after question for jason d hamilton mm -hmm. as a former u-dub player and now broadcaster what impact does this have related to you and how you can or cannot interact with recruits just curious is there any rule uh it's it's the same that it applies to all alumni and all announcers yeah what compliance is which is you know i could have a conversation i could say hello i can't buy extra you know it's, it's the same there's there's no there's no real difference um there's no real difference and, and i actually don't have any interaction that way with i let the coaches do their job and the compliance people do their job yeah. the staff do their job and i i do my job yeah okay but hold on but i will tell you that lowell is one of the most loyal listeners not only to this you show, know this guy absolutely really he lives in he lives in 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 bangkok i believe and really and the time difference he listens to all the games when he can wow when he yeah he tweets and wow and so i appreciate him uh you know he, he's been a loyal listener of the basketball broadcast and now a loyal listener of mitch unfiltered john schneider at the combine on wednesday spoke to the media said some things that you might be interested in uh here's a shocker he's troubled that he only has four picks in the NFL draft. <laughs> he can't trade down and down and down and oh, down. Oh, he'll and be down trading and down, down and down and down, and, down and, and he yeah. called it fun. Now, do you think it's fun for Seahawks fans, fans of the team? I know that some people like it when they add picks, mm -hmm. but the majority of fans, do you think it, they like it when a team trades down? No, they hate it because they anticipate the draft pick. Yes. They're waiting. Yes. And the yes. Seahawks trade it to so-and-so for yes. considerations and two, yes. three. Yeah, and yeah. then they get ready for the next one, seven down, no, and then they trade it again. Yes. Yeah, no, I don't like it. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I like it, but I don't like it. Right. Um, he said that Frank Clark is the priority this offseason. As he should be. Uh, he's got to make a decision if they don't sign him here shortly, whether they're going to franchise him. And he says they haven't decided yet. He doesn't know yet whether he's going to franchise him. Mm. Do you believe John Schneider doesn't know yet whether he's going to franchise he him? He absolutely knows. He, he and, what does, and what does he know? Well, I guess it, it's really dependent on how the discussions with Frank Clark's representation are, ha, have gone or are going. Or when that, so if they're not quite at the point where they're going to do a long-term deal then he knows exactly what he's going to do he's played the scenarios out he knows what those scenarios are so no i don't believe that okay um it doesn't i don't think it matters where the negotiations are you know when the deadline comes that he becomes a free agent auto oh, it's auto okay he's he, he's he's franchised it's auto if he doesn't franchise frank clark as a man who's obsessed with the pass rush yeah um, you <laughs> yeah. better add extra security over there. Okay. Okay. Yep. Add some. I know they have a lot of it. Yeah. Add some extra security. Mm. They better franchise. I don't. I don't care what their salary cap situation is. I don't care how much money he th says he wants. I don't care how much the average of the top three or five at the position is. The franchise number. Mm -hmm. You franchise Frank Clark. Mm -hmm. If you are in it to win it. Now, if you don't care about these next couple years. Well, then tell me. Sure. Tell me, Mr. Mariners. Sure. Tell me if sure. you're not interested in that. If you are interested in these next couple of years, Frank Clark has to be a part of the team no matter mm -hmm. what. 
and that is either you sign him or you franchise him, I think. Right. He, he said he hasn't franchised a guy since Alinda Mare, a kicker. Oh, that was – It's been a long time that since – That worked out well. John Schneider uh, uh, franchised a player. Um, he gets the feeling, John said at the Combine, that Russell Wilson's going to be a Seahawk for a long time, despite the internet rumors – that he wants out, he wants to go to New York. His wife wants to go to New York. He kind of, he kind of chuckled at those rumors. He he has begun negotiations, or he has talked with his representatives. That's what he says. And so, and, and what I think is interesting is Joel Corey, who's been a guest on Mitch Unfiltered. He tweeted out. He's a former agent, and he watches this stuff closely. And I, I gather there's going to be more, st- more and more steam to this. The idea of Russell Wilson just not signing with the Seahawks and accepting the franchise tag, which would be a lot of money, mm. and then accepting it again, which will be even more incredible amounts of money for one year, though, and then seeing if he can really back up the Brink trucks. I mean, he can already, already he's going to be able to back yeah. up the Brink trucks, yeah. but there's going to be gambling money that's going to come into the NFL. There's going to be new revenue streams. Salary caps will go up, and there's already, Joel is just one of many that's already wondering, might they be willing to play on one-year contracts for a couple more years Interesting. So it would be three, right? He's got one year left on the current deal. And then a couple of and tags. And then it would be a couple of tags, and then he'd be a free agent. And then, I don't know, you'd have to do, how old is he? How old is Russell Wilson, would you say? You don't know? So three years from now, maybe he would be able to then really mm-hmm. become the wealthiest guy in terms of contracts in the history yeah. of the National Football League. Um, Earl Thomas is gone. Mm. He's going to hit free agency. It was very clear from Schneider at the Combine that they're waving goodbye to Earl Thomas. So the last image of Earl Thomas in a Seahawk <laughs> yep. uniform, yep. no knuckles. No knuckles. No knuckles. Throwing the bird. Well, just one of these bad boys. Yeah. Right at his team, right at the sideline. Yeah. Um, you get the feeling that Earl Thomas hates the Seattle Seahawks organization. I would I would agree with hates, that. Hates, and that's yeah. a strong word. Oh, hates I would the Seattle. Agree with that, yeah. Do you think it'll ever be It'll, it'll have to be a long. It's not. It's not. Earl plays three or four more good years, and then, you know, in year five is chummy chummy with the Seahawks. It's going to be 10, 15, 20 years before I think that rift really. It's going to take that long. I mean, you don't have that kind of a response immediately after knowing everything that you probably had discussions with the team about the reasons why coming off an injury, doing all those things, and. I mean, that really was one of those, I'm so disgusted that this is where we are. You know, this is what I was trying to avoid. This is probably what you were trying to avoid, but it ended up hurting me. I got nothing for you except this bird. Go ahead and take that. So when he retires, in the first few years after retirement, when they want to retire his number or put his name in the ring of honor and have that day... He ain't coming. I don't think. I think it's going to be some time. Earl Thomas is not coming. It's going to be some time. Raise the twelfth man flag. No way. No, not not early in the not in the first five years of him being retired. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, wouldn't you think? I would think? I would think that he'll be a Hall of Famer if he has some good years still left in him. Right. So then he starts to go in the Hall of Fame, and he's not. That's acknowledge- where it gets he does, interesting. He's not going to acknowledge it. The Seahawks. It's yeah. really going to be a dirty thing. Yeah, it could be. Or is time going to heal wounds? Maybe. 
And by the time he retires, he'll be saying nice things and he'll be happy to come back for the ceremony. And we'll forget the whole fact that they didn't sign him, that we'll he got see. hurt a second time, that he threw the finger at them. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I don't yeah. really want to fast forward because I don't want to get older. Yeah. I'd like to stay where I am. So I don't really, I'm not in a hurry to find out the answer, yes. but I'm kind of in a hurry to find out the answer. Um, John Schneider said that Doug Baldwin had multiple surgeries already this offseason. At the Combine, that's what he said. Doug Baldwin is ready, is going to play next year, but he had multiple surgeries um, during the offseason. Yeah. And he also said what we wanted to hear him say, it doesn't mean anything, that he'd love to have DJ Fluker and J.R. Sweezy back, mm -hmm. both offensive li linemen or free agents. Um, in terms of Fluker, it's a mentality thing. He's just an intense, powerful man who loves football. And I think most people credit the addition of Fluker in particular. Nasty. That brought something, yeah. an edge to that offensive mm -hmm. line that made them great run blockers. Now, I'm, you know, I don't think Fluker had the year that, let's say, Brown had at left tackle, right. but somehow, some way, the mentality has been attributed to Fluker. Others might say Tom Cable out. Out, right. A new offensive line coach right. in, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the things that John Schneider said uh, at the Combine. We got to hear from Michelle. Mm-hmm and get her side of the story. Okay. The flood, the Benson Hotel flood story, and more tweets and, and more stuff to come. But when I say excellence, what does that mean to you in the restaurant business? Daniel's Broiler knows what excellence is. It's one of the very things that makes Daniel's Broiler so appealing to me. I love USDA prime steaks at Daniel's Broiler. I love the seasoning and the fact that the steak's flavor is seared into the steak in a broiler that's set at 1800 degrees. But you know what I love even more? I love the fact that every time I order a USDA prime steak at Daniel's, a wait person comes up to me with a flashlight and asks, have we prepared your steak to your satisfaction? That happens every time Every person who orders any steak at any Daniels, your needs come first. If they've not accomplished your complete satisfaction, they want to know right there, right then, so that they can fix it. It's a simple idea. They have to earn your business every time you walk through the doors at any one of the four great Daniels locations. Locally owned by the Schwartz family, located at South Lake Union, Leshine Marina, Bellevue Place, and now the new downtown Hyatt Regency at 8th and Howell, Daniels Broiler, world-class steakhouses. Unfiltered. All right, we've saved the best for last. Michelle, Jason D. Hamilton's wife, will be in our last segment to discuss her side of the fiasco mm -hmm. of the Benson Hotel, Portland, what year? 2009. 2009 flooding incident that cost your lovely daughter her cheerleading outfit. That's right. Uh, at two and a half years old, three Correct. years old. Yeah. We'll get the wife's side of the story in our final segment. couple of uh, issues, laundry list items to get get through before we get to Michelle. Jimmy Chitwood mm -hmm. from Hoosiers, Hoosiers fame. fame yeah. He tweets, uh, loving the pod and naming of episodes. Also, easy to tell that you're getting more comfortable as it goes along. Interested if you're still in touch with Breedlove mm. at all. That would be Hugh Millen. And if you've invited him on the show. Uh, big fan of the stories. Keep it up. I've been asked this a million times about Hugh and others. Uh, let's just put an end to it. At this stage of the game, there's going to be no 
guests on the show right. that are still affiliated with KJR. Right. KJR is clearly upset, still very upset. They don't want their people on our shows. I get it. Yep. I understand it. I accept it. Hugh Millen is, I would say, a friend. We have kind of not been in touch very often. Uh, many months ago, we had lunch. I called and invited him to lunch, and he he uh, granted me a lunch, and I got the whole story about his son and, and, uh, and found out a lot about what's going on in his world. But uh, I don't hear very much from Hugh or anybody from over there, mm-hmm. for that matter. So, mm-hmm. so that's the answer to that question. Um, I want to get to a couple of items. You you said to me Did something. Did you bo- see the Russell Westbrook video? The boy on the sideline that was sitting courtside between his parents that reached out and touched Russell Westbrook. I read a headline and didn't read the story and didn't see any video that Russell Westbrook said something after a game. Yes, that we've got to be more careful with the fans or something. Yes. And I don't. I didn't really follow up on that. So. Fill me yeah, in. so Russell Westbrook against um, God, who was it? it? Was against Denver the other yeah, night at yeah. Denver. <clears throat> had a there was an offensive illegal illegal moving screen on. He's trying to come off the move the screen and the moving screen call, and he gets bumped towards the sideline, and a kid I don't know maybe ten nine ten years old is standing up on the sideline as as Russell Westbrook comes towards him. And he kind of reaches out and kind of slaps at his arm a little bit. And Russell Westbrook turns and reacts to that and then sees it's a kid and then really pauses and then waits again and then leans in and says something to the dad, says something to the kid, kind of pats the kid on the leg and then moves on. Well, then after the game, he was asked about that. And he said, you know, the league's got to protect us. Like we can't, we can't have fans touching us. And granted, it was a kid, but this is, and it's just a it's really a inter- security issue. It is, and it's That's a really interesting to me. It's a really interesting topic in that because it was a kid. I think people are like, get over it, Russell. We people hate Russell Westbrook. They don't like his antics, his attitude, his whatever. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, if that was a man that touched Wessel Westbrook, we would be having a very, very different conversation and one that I think merits a bigger conversation that Russell Westbrook was a part of, which is it doesn't matter that it was a kid. And of course the kid is young and he shouldn't be doing that, but fans have no right or no reason to, to ever touch a player. So he should be escorted out of the arena. A fan. I mean, you can't stop a fan from touching it unless you're going to move the seats back. Right. right? And, and They're going to always be able to reach right. out. So is is I'm trying to understand. Is Westbrook getting getting um, hammered? Is oh, he getting uh, hammered yeah, by people? Yeah, he's getting hammered because he's the he's the guy that you would expect to say something like right. that. Right. And he's getting hammered. Like you're egomaniac. Get over it. It was a kid. Right. Grow the game. And are you defending Westbrook? Or are you no, defending I'm those not, that are I criticizing thought, Russell I Westbrook? That, no, it was really it, it's 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 neither it's more i thought the whole thing was very interesting as a as a social experiment to say like what is right in this situation on one on one hand if i had a 10 year old that was there that that could reach out and touch westbrook whether it was the right way or wrong way you know that's great it's a moment it's that but in the other way like 
you should never do that. And you certainly shouldn't do it as an adult. So it's right. just, it's this weird thing about what is the, where are the lines between players, the game and safety and security and that, that whole deal, because players launch into the crowd, they do whatever yeah. players sit down on people when they get in, right, you know, right, there's, right, there's right. touching sometimes in right. that way. Yes. Incidentally. Right. But not, Hey, I'm walking by you and you slap me on the shoulder. That's a different deal. Yeah, I, I think I think it's definitely it it should definitely be forbidden. I mm-hmm. think it should be policed, mm-hmm. um, and I understand it. Uh, I think from Russell Westbrook's standpoint, it depends. It's all in the delivery of how he complained about it at the end. I have not seen the mm-hmm. video or heard the audio of him complaining. I mean, if he's making a big deal out of this because it's, and it's a ten year old boy and he doesn't do it the right way, he's going to get hammered sure, for it. Sure. But there's a right way to do it and saying, hey, it was fun. It was great to, to, to turn around and see a young person there. And I'm so glad that a young person was there. You know, there's a way to... But let's also keep in mind that we got to be very careful on fans' access to players right. and what's allowed and what's policed and how we go about it. I think there's a way, a delicate way, even though it was a 10-year-old, for Russell Westbrook to be able to communicate... Um, his displeasure and his concern for the future. Unfortunately, I've never seen Russell Westbrook <laughs> able to communicate right. anything with That's a lot issue. of grace. That's I mean, he issue. he is he is typically just a hard person to like mm-hmm. when he talks. Mm-hmm. He's he seems angry. He seems bitter. He seems like he carries a huge chip on his shoulder, and he's never t- terribly political in the way he answers questions mm-hmm. so my guess is without having seen it that he's getting beaten up because oh, yeah. of the way he tried to communicate the problem and you'd be right am i mm-hmm. all right um did you see um did you see that a woman named tony harris became the first female football player at a skill position or at a non-kicker position i guess i should say to sign a letter of intent with a college i did not college see men's team yes her name is Tony Harris. She signed a scholarship to play at Central Methodist University in Missouri. She is the first non-kicking female ever to sign a letter of intent to play a position. Yeah. She is a 5'7", 164-pound safety. She's from Detroit. She played her high school ball in East Los Angeles, and she's going to play college ball with the guys wow. at the safety position. I thought that was worth yeah. noting. Um, Nolan Arenado, the third, you say third baseman. I think he's the third base. Maybe he's an outfielder now. Um, Nolan Arenado of the Colorado Rockies, $32 million a year extension. That's pretty good. 32 million smackers a year. Yeah, that's pretty good. And somewhere Bryce Harper's going, huh? Huh? What? He got 32 million. Yeah. Uh, and Johnny Manziel, by the way thrown out of the Canadian Football League for violating his CFL contract, but everybody's being vague about it. The CFL saying, we're not going to tell you what he did. We are not going to tell you what he did. All you need to know is we had certain conditions in his contract. He did not live up to those conditions. Therefore, he's not only being released by the team, I don't even know what team it is, the team that he's on, but the CFL now will not, we're done with Johnny Manziel. It's crazy. So Johnny Manziel has gone wrong somehow, some way with the CFL. I'm ready for your your wife to come on and share with us her version of the story. Let's, let's, I don't know what this is going to be like, but let's do it. But before we get to Jason's better half, by now you know about our new sponsor, and I am thrilled to have him, Evergreen Golf Call, the Northwest Premier 
wealth manager is partnering up with Mitch Unfiltered. Founded three decades ago, homegrown and headquartered right here in downtown Bellevue, super successful and spreading down the West Coast to Portland, San Francisco, and the Napa Valley. Unlike stockbrokers, Evergreen is a fee-only advisor. There's no hidden fees or commissions. Evergreen is legally a fiduciary to their clients. Not all financial advisors can say this, and this means that they have a legal requirement to make financial decisions that put your interests first. And I also love Evergreen's commitment to the community, a proud sponsor of the Bellevue Boys and Girls Club. If you look at the jerseys and all the kids playing hoops, you'll see across the back, Evergreen Golf Call. Managing over $2 billion in assets, that's billion with a B, Evergreen Golf Call, the premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Unfiltered. If you listen to episode 25, you heard. Yep. You heard the conversation. You heard the story of the Benson Hotel. What year? 2000 and 2009. 2009. The the cracking of the the element in the in the, the, in the ceiling. ceiling. Yes. yes. The, the 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 water pouring down on a two and a half year old and a five year old. Uh, just before the NCAA tournament game against Mississippi State. Correct. Everybody laughed. Everybody got a kick out of it. But everybody also wanted to know the perspective from the wife. And yes. she's still the wife, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it is. She's still the wife. So Michelle Boston is here to tell us her version of the story. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Mitch. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Tell us. What actually happened through your eyes on that day in Portland? Okay, I did take the time to listen to Jason's version of events. So I do know um, what he's, he's uh, explained to the world about what happened. <laughs> and I, his, his facts are accurate. Let me start there before um, I say all the mean things I'm going to say. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I do have one rant, listener rant, about him telling the story. Oh, you oh. do? Okay. I do. All right. Um, although the facts were accurate, I couldn't believe you let him take so long to tell <laughs> the story. I was like, oh, my gosh. Why is he giving all of these unnecessary details get to the story? He was telling what the weather was like and who was wearing what. And I was listening as a listener. I'm like, if you do not get to this story, man. So I I was like, why, Mitch, are you just going to let him keep going on and on? Yes, you apparently have never heard me tell a story. (laughs) (laughs) One one should not throw a stone from a glass house. Let's just put it that way. Okay, well, I was I was wondering if you wanted to, you know, speed him up, because I definitely did. Uh, um, the story was told accurately um, from his perspective. Everything that he said is actually what happened. I do think he left out a very critical 
detail, and I've heard, you know, about some of the banter on Twitter um, about him at the end kind of just leaving me hanging. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason that that was so difficult. And, I mean, we did have these two small children, one of whom our son had or ha- not, still has, but at the time had very severe um, sensory problems. And so one of the difficulties with his sensories is that he had what's basically like supersonic hearing. And it, it can be fantastic, but it can also be a problem. Yeah. And so for someone who has literally supersonic hearing, when sirens in a confined yep. space yeah. start to go off, the level of chaos in that room, you cannot imagine how much chaos was created between four people in that little room. <laughs> it, was, it was chaos. And so, you know, there's sirens. And because I had never been in a hotel room where the sprinkler system and the sirens start to go <laughs> off, I had no idea that these sirens in the room and there's like little red so lights. Loud. I mean, it turns into a full-on, like, panic mode. Yeah inside the hotel because there's all these things happening. And then I've got these two small children, one of whom is hearing sirens go off all around him. So not only are they getting wet and we've got the two-year-old crying and I come running out and he, my, our son is like, what is going on? So there was a lot happening in that room and him hearing sirens go off in addition to getting wet. And then people, you know, basically, you know, uh, banning to get into our hotel room on the door, you know, because everyone comes up because they know where the the problem is. So then there's management knocking on the door. It was chaos. It was complete chaos. So that was the reason, in addition to having to move, that it was, I was pretty like, you're just going to leave and go do a basketball game after this? Because I'm <laughs> like, oh, really? I'm a big I'm a, a big of college basketball fan as the next guy, but this was you know pretty severe. And the fact that he was going to he was willing to hop on the train to go watch the game was like watch. you're serious to go do the watch. game. I was like you're serious. You're going to like get on a train and like go broadcast. Like this is amazing. Like <laughs> just was dumbfounded. So the the story, the accuracy of what happened. But at the end, there was definitely some shock because I couldn't believe that he still had the determination and sort of the wherewithal to, like, get himself together and go get on the air and, like, basically look at me and try and, – and that, you know, five-second period before he leaves, see if I can – like, you got this. You, you can hold it down, right? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't hold it down. But um, eventually, I did get everybody situated and under control. So. Okay, so my question is, when you weigh one versus the other, on one hand, you have, my husband is leaving me in a mess right here, and that's upsetting me. And on the other hand, you have, God, it's impressive that he's able to get himself together, <laughs> and he has the wherewithal to be able to get himself together and do this. Um, which one weighed more, would you say? I mean, it took it took a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes to get, you know, the kids kind of under control once we were moved. 
um, and, you know, taking, you know, getting our son to kind of like, it's okay, you know, it's good, we're going to go see basketball. And he was also a very big basketball fan. He loved basketball. So the fact that his dad was going to this game and that was going to kind of be our diversion to get him to sort of relax, that – that was helpful. So maybe if Jason had stayed behind, maybe it wouldn't have gone the same way because then there would have been nowhere we could motivate um, our son to sort of get excited about going to. So So he, once I said, you know, we're going to go see dad. He was, you know, he started to get calm. Okay. So if it had to, if it happened all over again, if you, if you could, if you could decide in advance, okay, if this ever happens, if the exact same situation ever presents itself again, honey, here's what I'd like you to do in that situation. Would you like him to miss the entire game? Would you like him just to go late, get us situated, and then go check in, you know, late in the game in the first half, beginning of the second half? What What is, what was, for all of us husbands out there that could face a similar situation and a similar wrath if we don't do the right thing, we break the, the, the ceiling deal, the flood happens, the kids are in disarray, the little two-and-a-half-year-old's cheerleading outfit is now ruined, uh, and we got to move rooms, and we're soaked, and everything is soaked through. What do you – and we have to go broadcast an NCAA tournament. This wasn't just a regular season game. This was an sure, NCAA sure. tournament game. What is the right – plan of attack at that point for us husbands out there you know at that time my thought was you should stay here like (laughs) there you cannot leave you have we're soaking you did this first of all (laughs) you did this so I just feel as like as the offender Mm -hmm. you should stay and and so everything is absolutely as good as it can be like, however you can remedy the situation. And you know, that may be a little bit of a lawyer and me, but he was the offender. You caused all this nonsense. I didn't. So you should probably stay and make it better. Okay. So that how, is- how important of a point is it that he caused it? Let's assume everything was the same, but you happened to have pulled that, that stroller up right. and hit the, hit the button. And, and we had did that. Does that change anything? I mean, your, your family oh. is still in a messy, messy situation. You still have a five-year-old who's hearing uh, sirens. You still have a two and a half year old who's crushed because of her cheerleading outfit. Everybody is <laughs> soaked. Everybody is gross, but you've caused it now. And he hasn't. Does that change the way he should have, he would have behaved in that situation? Absolutely. I would have to man up and deal with it. Really? But I, yeah, oh, for sure. Like, I was like, okay, I did this. I'm really sorry. You've got to go do your thing. We, I caused this thing. We got, or if one of the kids had caused something like this, like it's, you know, if our kid had pulled the oh. alarm. Okay, I gotta, we got to figure this out. But, like, you did this. And <laughs> you, the, the thing is, Nick, it was so ugly. You got sirens, you got wet, dirty kids because whatever the stuff that comes out of the the sprinkler system is disgusting. So you've got like there was a lot happening that I'm just like you you're just gonna walk away from this situation like really, yeah. And you and you did this. That was the part that like really was like you know difficult because I thought he should have you know hung around and made absolutely everything better. 
he couldn't get a new Husky cheerleader outfit for our daughter, but he, there's a lot of other things that, you know, probably could have happened before he hopped on that train. Did he get another? Did you get another cheerleading outfit? You no, know, we did not. But oh. the more important thing was that we got a new blanket, which was far more important than uh-huh. anything else in that room. Oh, we all know about the blankets at that age. Yeah, man. so oh, all the parents God. know that, and Jason brought up the blanket. That was literally the most important thing in that room was that blanket. All right, before we get his retort, his, his reaction to his wife's words, I have to ask you another question that came up earlier in episode number 26, this episode that you haven't heard yet. You'll hear it when you replay it. And that is that, an interesting situation, his backcourt mate at the University of Washington, you know very well, right? Yeah, I do. He, he married the sister of his shooting guard. <laughs> he married the younger sister of his yes. shooting guard. And I asked him, you were, he, he reminded me over and over again, now wait a second, I was dating, I was dating her before I met my shooting guard. And I asked him, would the dating have continued if you didn't treat your shooting guard with the basketball a lot? Get him the ball. Get him his shots. What was that like? What, what, what was it like for the brother and the, and the boyfriend to be backcourt mates at the University of Washington? There were some tense moments, for sure, because my brother and I are very close, and we're very close in age. We're the two closest um, in my family. There's five kids, and he and I are a year apart. So we're the closest in age and very good friends. And so there was definitely um, some tense moments. But because we're also a family of athletes, we're all very competitive, and we understand the nature of what happens on the floor. And so, you know, there was always an opportunity for me to defend Jason, if, you know, there were some sort of problem with what the play happening on the floor, I knew enough and I was competitive enough, competitive enough and could have the conversation with him that maybe it was your fault. So, you know, there was always a way to get out of any tension between the two of them. Jason didn't do much complaining, but my brother, on the other hand, kind of <laughs> let me know when he wasn't happy. <laughs> and you don't remember one time in particular. You don't remember... One incident, one moment where you were in the middle. Senior day. Were you in the middle of senior day? Oh, gosh. I, I, that, is, that is what I, the story I would, I would tell, <laughs> is that there was some tension about senior day because, you know, I'm going on the floor with my brother as a family member of his, uh-huh. but I happen to be wearing jason's shooting shirt which says <laughs> hamilton on the back of it number it says 12 hamilton Uh-oh. which i thought was a very fair compromise like he's my boyfriend you're my i'm gonna stand with you but i'm i'm happy for my boyfriend too Mm-mm. this did not go over well i don't think it was a good move <laughs> i'm telling really? you no 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 if he was your husband yes he was, your, he was your boyfriend at the time. You were out there to commemorate your brother, your, your big brother's day in the sun. You should have had your big brother's jersey on as far as I'm concerned. Wow. You made okay. a huge mistake. I'll never look at you the same way, Michelle. <laughs> oh, my 
my gosh. I thought, we, you know, we thought about that for a long time, so I, I think I probably have to go apologize to my brother now. <laughs> took a, how many years later you're going to apologize to your brother about that? Yeah, I don't know if it'll do much good, but I think I might need to. I think the statute I thought, of limitations. I thought that was a really fair compromise. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for being on episode 26. This will not be the last time we ask you to come on. Thanks for having me. Okay. What's your reaction? What's your reaction? Was she fair? Was she unfair? She says because you, yeah, you I, caused, I caused the accident. Yeah. You caused the flood. You caused the water to come pouring down. You caused the bedlam, the mm-hmm. the, the chaos. Yeah, uh, you should have stayed with your family and not gone and broadcast to the NCAA tournament game. Well, she's wrong. <laughs> uh, we'll start. We'll start by saying that she's wrong. The 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 thing is, you know, and, and married. Folks out there will will understand this. Um, I I had a lot of faith in her to be able to <laughs> to handle the situation appropriately, uh, and so I knew that once we were into the new hotel room and people could shower and change, uh, that she was going to be able to execute on that and and get that done and and get everybody to the game safely and on time, and so I felt. I felt like I needed to make sure that I got to the broadcast. And how time. was senior day? Senior day was exactly as how she described. And it was pretty interesting because... Brother-in-law was not happy. Well, I think he he certainly felt like, you know, until you get married, you are in our family, not his family. I so, feel that way. So the jersey... So you, uh, your senior day was the same as the brother's? Yes. Even though you transferred and sat out, you you would he redshirted, so oh, he's okay. a year in front of me. He was a '91 graduate. Okay. I was a '92 graduate. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. All right. Yeah. Michelle Boston. Yeah. Brother's name was Bryant. Is Bryant Boston? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why I thought it was Brian all this time. Bryant. Bryant Boston and Jason Hamilton together in the backcourt, and then Jason Hamilton marrying the sister of the shooting guard. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And you got him the ball in good places on the floor. I would imagine so. Yeah. Sure. You took care of him. Yeah. Yeah. He, and if I had him on episode 27, he would say the same. Maybe we need to get his view of senior night on episode yeah, 27. Yeah, no, that ought to go well. Yeah, that would go great. <laughs> That's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Like it or not. What? What do we name the show? Uh, what did we name the episode? You're give, you got you got your Bayheim hands up. I did. I did. Yeah. The... Um, I think it's your turn. No. It's not? You told me. I think I did. But you now told I, me I, now, I picked now, Richard Sherman. I want to shirk my responsibility. You do? We're down to Rod Woodson. And Wade Boggs. And Wade Boggs. And when I look at each of their careers, it's really close. But I think Rod Woodson had a better NFL career than I think Wade Boggs had a baseball career. I know I may get a lot of flack for that. Um, and I may be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. I think it's close enough that we could go either way. I'm going to go episode Rod Woodson over episode Wade Box. All right? Love and it. And that's the end of episode number 26. It's in the books.